Get your coffee going fast. Save time brewing French press with a subscription to The Daily Grind. No measuring, just exceptionally fresh, small batches delivered to your door. Get 20% off at PressHouseCoffee.com with promo code AMR20 at checkout. Shapermint supports and smooths another mother runner. I easily found the perfect shapewear for my body because Shapermint.com has all the best products and brands. We got a special deal, an extra 10% off your order. To take advantage of it, go to shapermint.com slash AMR and use our code AMR. Struggling to sleep? You're not alone. If you're not sleeping enough, it can affect your learning, problem solving, and decision making during the day. Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Katie Sneveis. Hello, Katie. Two weeks in a row for me. I must have gotten like a little... I know, I know. You know, the masses were asking for it. (laughs) Always fun to chat. (laughs) It is always fun to chat with you, Katie. So I have to share um, my bonehead move that that had a saving grace to it on Saturday. Um, I think I mentioned last week that um, my 15-year-old boy-girl twins, John and Daphne, were going to a musical theater Mm -hmm. um, in-person program on Saturday. So it was the first day of it on Saturday. And so the deal was, was that um, I was going to, you know, head out the door with them, pick up Molly, Mm -hmm. and then we would go drop the twins off at the program. And then she and I would hightail it up to our beloved pond for one of our last swims of the season, go running and then go swimming. Sounds like the perfect day. Oh, it was a lovely, lovely day. So anyway, so I thought I was all together, had my stuff, had my watch on because the last time I'd been to the pond, I forgot it. And so I'm like, yeah, I got my watch. I'm good. Well, what I forgot were my running shoes. Ooh, because that's <laughs> tricky. Yes. I was wearing my UFOs. <laughs> and it wasn't until I parked and I'm looking, I'm like, Molly, I forgot my running shoes. And she's like, oh, uh, and, and I was like, well, and I've actually contemplated what I would do. Like, would I run barefoot? Uh-huh. Um, it's a paved trail. And so, she, and you know, Molly's been having knee issues and stuff. And she's like, we can walk. We'll just walk. It's okay. We can walk. And then I look over in the, you know, in the well of the passenger seat. And there are a pair of running shoes that I had in the car because I was going to drop them off at the running store because they were past their prime. Like I was going to donate them to be given away. Yes. And I'm like, (gasps) like I never, ever, ever have shoes just randomly. Like when I put, you know, usually I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be right up by foot traffic. I'll just, you know, put, grab them right now and go. Like, I don't like put them in the car and wait till I'm driving around. And I, I even had the original insoles in them because I'd taken out my Curex insoles and, you know, because I need to move those into my new shoes. Right. So I didn't have any socks, but for three miles, I'm like, it's okay. I can do this. Isn't it amazing what you can find in the little holes and pockets of a minivan? I mean, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Seriously. That there was just I a mean, bonus pair of running shoes in there. Yay. I was so stoked. I was so stoked. <laughs> I mean, it would have been fine if I walked, but I was, I was really pleased to get to run. So um, similar yeah, so thing was- happened to me yesterday. I was dropping my middle daughter off at soccer and I'm like getting, and you know, it's just kind of a circle after 
after school and running them around everywhere. And I try to have all their bags packed with stuff and I'm dropping her off late, of course. And I'm like, (laughs) oh man, I don't have any socks for you. And she's like, she had her cleats. She had her shin guards, but she had like her Uh tiny little ankle socks. I'm like, sorry, buddy. It's just going to have to work. And I like peeled off and I I think she was okay. I don't know. Dan picked her up, but I I didn't see any bruises on her shins. She's like, these aren't going to stay up. I was like, well, you know what? We're just going to have to make it work today. (laughs) So you just have to make it work, right? (laughs) Have a make it work moment there. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Back in the, our kids soccer days, you would occasionally see kids who only had shin guards. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) And you're like that poor kid. I mean, why couldn't the mom get it together to bring soccer socks? Right. (laughs) Maybe we need like an emergency go bag and it's running our own running shoes, some soccer socks, maybe a clean pair of underwear. Yes. Yes. Clean pair of underwear. Cause you never know when that something's going to happen to your undies. But that's brilliant. But I think I'm going to keep a pair of running shoes because you know, you do sometimes find time in the day, right? They're like, Oh, well, how about I just go for a quick run while my kids are doing this or I've got time in between calls, whatever. So just keep them in your car. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and then the other sort of similar boneheady move was that on Monday, I um, had to take Daphne to an appointment earlier than usual. So I ran in the dark for the first time since I think March. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I thought I was, you know, I had all my, I thought I had all my stuff laid out. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, my knuckle lights haven't been charged since March. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I uh, went downstairs, plugged them in, started. I was like, any charge is, is good enough. Right, right. So, um, so I went downstairs, plugged them in, and then did my 10 minutes of daily calm. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I, you know, I'll do a couple minutes worth of work and then I'll head out the door. So um, yeah, so got a little, little charge and they carried me through. But also there's so little traffic out right. now. I know. I mean, but you still you know, you need them because you're writing, you're running on city streets. I mean, it's totally different yes. if you were in a cul-de-sac one after another, right? Like you have to have yeah. those. You can't go without them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just, oh my gosh. Running without lights is really just, it's almost criminal in my mind. Yeah. I agree. Even um, with so, the decrease in traffic. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. not even worth the risk. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also because I think the few drivers who are out there aren't expecting to see people out because so many people do have more flexibility. They don't have a commute, mm-hmm. you know, or a lot of them don't have a commute so that they can run when, after the sun's come up. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now I have to find my um, vest, my lighty vest. Yes. And, um, yeah. Make sure it has some fresh batteries. You got to get it. your gear ready for fall running. Uh, yep. Yep. I sure do. Sure do. That's a reminder. Yeah. But I'm hoping to sneak in um, possibly two or three more swims this <gasps> year. So yeah. That's met a, again, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So met a really cute young um, triathlete who was swimming in our <laughs> pond and he was a chatterbox on Saturday. Finally, Molly goes, we got to go, we got to go pick up her kids. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, way to throw cold water on that one, Molly. <laughs> And you're like, my kids will be fine. They can just sit there for a few hours. It's okay. So, so he was so fine though, because we were, you know, kind of talking about like, oh, you know, other swimming spots. And he's like, yeah. And one, the latest I've ever gone swimming here was October 20th. And I just blurted out. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a nerd just like me. I thought I was the only one who kept track of stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, my latest date is October 9th. I'm hoping I can beat it this year. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, um, our guest today is a repeat guest. It is Sally Kazemchek, the genius behind the website Real Mom Nutrition and the author of one of my family's favorite cookbooks, Dinnertime Survival Guide. Plus, Sally has also written a book that's come out since she's been on the show. It's called 101 Healthiest Foods for Kids. Eat the best, feel the greatest, healthy foods for kids and recipes too. Whew, that was a long subtitle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. A resident of Columbus, Ohio, and a mom of two, Sally is a registered dietitian who specializes in family nutrition. So as I said, she's repeat guest. She was on, her first time was on six years ago, and I just randomly came across that that um, episode, and I was like, oh, we ought to get Sally back on the show, because this is a topic that people need to hear about during these times of so many cooking meals and lunches and, uh, and trying to eat healthy and uh, this, that, and the other thing in the kitchen. So, um, yes. So, Sally will be right back to talk with us after this break. Stick around. Many of us need a cup of coffee to greet the day. And if you're a morning runner, you're looking to be stealth and speedy in your coffee prep making the daily grind from Press House Coffee extra awesome. The daily grind is a no-nonsense way to enjoy French press every day. Ten perfectly portioned pouches of coffee for your French press are shipped to your door at a time. No fiddling with grind settings, no scales or experimentation necessary. Just rip it, dump it, pour it. Oh, and no noisy grinder means the junior or furry members of your household aren't disturbed, letting you slip out the door more easily. In addition to being convenient, the Daily Grind is eco-friendly. For every four empty bags you send back to be recycled, you get rewarded with one free full pouch. Each used bag is recycled or upcycled into functional items. It's another reason to never reach for a single-serve plastic pot again. Select any Press House coffee for the Daily Grind. Transitioning into fall, the current favorite in our household is Apley Harvest Blend with delightful hints of crisp apple and sweet citrus. It's made from organic beans from Congo and Ethiopia. Right now, you can get 20% off a Daily Grind subscription at PressHouseCoffee.com by using promo code AMR20 at checkout. That's PressHouseCoffee.com and code AMR20 for 20% off a Daily Grind subscription. PressHouseCoffee.com, AMR20. I don't recall ever having a flat belly, but after three kids and hormonal changes, forget about it. I know I should be grateful for all the things my body can do, but there are still days I feel self-conscious in my clothes. Shapewear from Shapermint smooths you out, feels comfortable, and boosts your confidence. I know it does for me. Instead of feeling middle-aged and invisible, I feel seen, which boosts my confidence no matter what setting I'm in. I easily found the perfect shapewear for my body because Shapermint.com has all the best products and brands. They have tanks, shorts, bodysuits, and more. Shapewear for every occasion. During this in-between season, more often than not, I've been shimming into an Impetua all-day, everyday scoop neck cami. It smooths out my midsection and makes my pants fit more comfortably. Unlike the leading brands, Shapewear from Shapermint is more affordable. In fact, it's half the price. And if you aren't in love with your Shapewear purchase, you can exchange it or return it within 60 days. No questions asked. That's the Shapermint 100% confidence guarantee. I took advantage of it when I ordered a few items in the wrong size. Exchanging them was a snap. You can get up to 60 to 70% off shapewear from Shapermint's ongoing discounts, plus an extra 10% off your order just for being a listener of our show. But you must go to shapermint.com slash AMR and use our code AMR. That's S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T dot com slash AMR, code AMR. 
to get our exclusive listener added discount of an extra 10% off your order. Shapermint.com slash AMR code AMR. It's a classic catch-22. The stress we feel about having difficulty falling asleep makes it all the more difficult to drift off to sleep. And don't even get me started about trying to fall back asleep a few hours before the alarm sounds. Oof. All the more reasons I'm grateful for Calm. Heck, just saying the name of the app lowers my stress level. Calm is the app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. Calm has an entire library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and more than 100 sleep stories narrated by soothing voices, including Scottie Pippen, Laura Dern, and Killian Murphy. And as you've probably heard, even Matthew McConaughey does one. All right, all right, all right. I use the Calm app all through the day. I start my day with the 10-minute daily calm. My 18-year-old daughter swears it makes me a more chill mom. And I wind down at night with soundscapes. The soft nature sounds send me off to slumber. And lately, I've been enjoying the music options. Last night, I was soothed to sleep by the Firefly Forest Lullaby. More than 85 million people around the globe use Calm to aid their outlook and get better sleep. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash AMR. C-A-L-M dot com slash AMR. Calm.com slash AMR. Welcome back to the show, Sally. It's great to talk with you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, yeah. So remind me how old your quote-unquote boys are now. I'm thinking <laughs> they're not, not quite so young anymore. They are 12 and 16, so I've got a tween and a teen now. Mm, all right. Driver, driver's license or no? Uh, learner's permit, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I feel like that opens up a whole new world when your kids can start oh, driving around a little bit. Like scary, but good at the same time, right? Yes, I look forward to the good part. Right now, I'm, I'm just in the white knuckle scary part. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Sally, tell us what you do for fitness. I don't know if you're a runner or not, or if there's any other routines that you kind of do during the week to, to stay active. Yeah, I am not a runner, but I don't know if we've talked about this, but I do jazzercise. I love it. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I have been doing it for about a year and I am completely completely obsessed with jazzercise. <laughs> oh my God. I know it sounds crazy, but I tried it on a whim because I was given a class pass for something. And I had heard from a neighbor that her, her friend owned a, a local studio and how fun it was. And I thought, I love to dance like at weddings, but I am not coordinated enough for a Zumba class or like a hip hop class. And I thought, I bet I would love jazzercise. And so I went and I tried it. And I'm telling you, I walked in there and the women at the front desk were like, you were going to get hooked on jazzercise. And I was like, oh, ha ha. And I got completely, I am, I'm, and a year later, I'm still doing it like four or five times a week. And I am so excited to go every time. It is so fun. It's where I learn about all my new music. Yeah. And there's strength in every workout too. So you do dance, but then there's a strength training portion too. So I feel like it's like covering all my bases. It's so fun. It is like literally the first exercise I've ever done in my life that has truly felt joyful and that I can't wait to do. So I know, I know it's like, think about leg warmers in like the 1980s, but I'm telling you, it is. And are you, I love it. Are you like the youngest by like 30 years there or something? (laughs) 
In my class, I am one of the youngest because I go to one when I think most people are working and I work from home, mm-hmm. so I'm more flexible. But there, are, there's a whole class, um, at least one class a day where they have childcare. So it's, mm. you know, young moms. And um, I've seen one guy there, but it's, it is mostly women. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it is. I do see all ages, honestly. Wow. Hey, whatever and and masks, masks or no masks? A so they're doing... Yeah, they're doing in person and online right now. So you can do whichever one. And if you go into the studio, it's you do wear a mask in the studio and it's very spread out and very limited numbers. You have to Mm -hmm. sign up, you know, before. So they're taking lots of precautions. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can do it online at home too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Tons of fun. Oh, my goodness. I know. (laughs) <laughs> so, I love that. I, that that's I bet you our, weren't expecting that, right? <laughs> one of our more unique answers. Yes. <laughs> you win, Sally. You win our prize. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's like turning the podcast episode off now. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So shifting from focus to food and nutrition and Meal planning. So let's start with a 30,000 foot view. So given the added responsibilities women are facing during the pandemic and the, unfortunately, the resulting stress, do you suggest moms recalibrate how they think about meals? A hundred percent. Yes. A thousand percent. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, back in the spring, I was writing a lot about this and I was like, look, you, you've got to let it go. Like you are in survival mode. You know, little did I know that here we would be in the fall and looking ahead, like, we're in this for a while. Mm-hmm. So while I do still think we are in, um, we are still sort of in a survival mode. We are all sort of adjusting to, to this life and to the, the layer of stress that's just been put into our everyday lives. I think we do have to find, you know, I hate to say like a new normal, we have to find like a new way of um, handling eating and meals, but we can't expect to go back to how we were. Like, I feel like some people have the expectations of like, well, everything needs to be like how it was back in February or January. And it's, we just can't, we're just not there. So I do think that we need to cut ourselves some slack, um, be okay with change. I know that it's not forever. Um, Mm. This is not how we're going to eat, you know, for the next 10 years of our life. This may be, you know, how we eat for the next year of our lives. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I love that advice that you, you know, that you really need to, um, kind of take the pressure off a little bit, because I, I think that that's something that all of us do. I mean, I used to come up with new meal ideas a couple of times a week and spend a lot of time cooking. And now I'm like, what can, can I open up quickly enough and throw some protein <laughs> in to get in my kids and husband's mouth? Because I, I just can't take it anymore. So, um, having said that, what are, do you have a few go-to meals like that you've been cooking during the pandemic ones that you can, you know, you don't even need a recipe for, um, that you can just basically, you know, you have all the items in your kitchen and you can get it on the table within 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I know this is not like the most dietitian approved answer, but <laughs> pasta carbonara is like my family's mm-hmm. favorite. Like if, if we've had some dud meals or everybody's kind of like not in a great mood, it's like, okay, we're having pasta carbonara. Everyone will cheer. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I don't like healthify it up. I don't, you know, I don't put chia seeds in it or something. It's just like <laughs> pasta carbonara with bacon and eggs and, and Parmesan and pasta. And, you know, I make a big salad for the side and it's just something that everyone will reliably eat. I just think pasta, that whole category is, mm-hmm. you know, super family friendly. It's cheap. I have an instant pot, um, 
pasta recipe that my family loves. And then anytime I make homemade pizza, which um, I usually have all the ingredients for that, um, that is a big hit too. And you can kind of customize that depending on what you have in mm. the fridge. So. And do you make your own crust or you? you... I do. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Super easy. Wow. It is super easy. Well, so if the pandemic has taught me anything, it's how to cook with ingredients I have on hand, like either if I had a pantry, things out of the pantry or, you know, a few things I always have in our fridge. Um, So I used to be a slave to recipes, but now I'm more relaxed about kind of just throwing things together. So do you have any advice or encouragement for people like me? Who were a slave to recipes, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to say that I use a lot of recipes myself and I don't, I don't think there's any shame in doing that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my advice is if you have some recipes that you really, really like, just kind of take those and start tweaking them. And that will kind of mm. teach you how things work together. So let's say you have a recipe that normally uses chicken, switch out the protein, you know, use beef or sausage or, you know, tofu or something like that. If it used to call for broccoli, try to use sauteed spinach instead, just kind of make these little tweaks. And then most likely that recipe will kind of morph into something on its own. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like a nice baby step um, to take. And then like another thing you can do is try to recreate something that you have like at a restaurant that you love. You Mm -hmm. kind of break it down like, okay, I like this. Uh, Let's say it's like a chicken and pasta. Okay. What are the ingredients? And in that and how could I, um, you know, what could I do to sort of recreate that at home? And maybe your first few attempts like are just fine, but they're not great. But the more you make it, the more you'll realize, oh, it needed more of this or needed more of that. And um, just give yourself some time and patience. We all, we all aren't, you know, sprung from the womb as like a great cooks and able to just sort of throw things together and improvise. That's okay. <laughs> uh, you saying that, yeah, I did that. There's a, um, uh, fast casual place in the DC area that now I'm completely spacing on the name of, but um, they make bowls and I just loved the bowls I ate there. I think every day I was out there for business um, before going to, I think Uber, I was head to business in Annapolis to Zuma in Annapolis. And um, so then I tried to recreate that and I like visualized it and then I put everything out and I'll be like, Oh, I forgot, I forgot the mint. I forgot the roasted red pepper, you know? And so um, that kind of opened the door for me. So I think that's good advice. So, so before we dive into meals and snacks some more, you need to talk about a topic that you recently wrote a blog post about that I loved and it's mealtime conversation topics. So for me, in addition to cooking like 99% of my family meals, I feel I carry the bulwark of the conversational load. So like, like yet I'm acutely aware of my kids' desire to linger at the table, which is unusual in the, you know, pre-pandemic, they were like, you know, it's shoveling food in their mouth and then leaving. (laughs) And so I don't know, like, I feel they want to be there, but I don't know. So what advice do you give about like spurring on mealtime? you know, conversation. Well, it's funny because, you know, you can't really be like, well, how was your day? Because right. you know, we, are, we are literally together every day. Like I know exactly how everyone's days went, <laughs> what they did, what they ate, what they wore. Yeah. So those, you know, they didn't work before, but there's certainly not, you know, that question, how was your day isn't going to work now. So yeah. yeah, I have a post where I have, I kind of pulled my, my fan base and asked like, what, what conversation starters really work in your house? And I kind of gathered those, plus I added some mm-hmm. that have worked in, in our house and compiled this list. And it, yeah, it feels like, it feels very corny at first to be like, I'm going to take a question out of the jar to ask everyone. <laughs> but once you start, it just, it just 
ends up making like great conversation and really memorable meals. And mm -hmm. once we can get back to having dinner guests in our house, it's also fun when dinner guests come over, just like, and you get to know people really well. Like one of the questions um, that I had in that list that, that recently came up was more serious one. Like some, there are some kind of silly ones in there too, but serious one was like, which, which of your friends do you trust the most? Mm. And, do you think you're a trustworthy friend? Can your mm. friends trust you? And what makes a friend trustworthy? And mm. that led to some really, really good conversations. And I appreciated actually finding out from my, my kids who, which friend they trusted the most. So it was just, <laughs> you know, kind of interesting to get that little glimpse and to get them thinking about too, like, gosh, am I trustworthy? Would my friends come to me, you know, with something? So that was kind of one of the more serious, heavy ones, but uh -huh. At least we're not just sitting there in silence, like looking at each other while we've run right, out of yeah, things when, when, when yeah. all else fails, I tell them about work. So the, like at the <laughs> beginning of the pandemic, when we launched our Love the Run Your With virtual race series, we expected like 250 people to sign up and we ended up having to close it at a thousand. So it just oh like gosh. exploded. Right. And so I'd every day sit down and be like, Hey guys, we hit 500. We hit, <laughs> we hit 600. Can you believe it? Like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Because they're already like, what are you really talking about mom? I don't understand it. <laughs> there, there are a couple, um, I, cause I, you know, we've gone through this too. My kids are a little bit younger, so we can still come up with the silly topics, but uncommon goods which is one of the companies that we've worked with in the past, they have these little table topic boxes. I mean, similar to what you've done on your website, Sally, but they have different for family, for inspiring women, teen topics. So it's a box of cards and you just pull one out um, and it has different topics on there too. So maybe that's nice. a good holiday yeah, gift, Yeah, that's fun. Yes, um, yes, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna, we turned, I should say, to our Facebook audience for questions for you. And let me tell you, we had a lot to choose from. Um, so yes. Sarah did, get a, did a good job paring it down, but I have a couple questions. I'm gonna ask both of them before um, I let you answer. Uh, but the first one is a meal planning question from Anna. So she is interested in sensible, efficient meal planning that incorporates old favorites and also includes new recipes, which is so hard to choose with, you know, so many different options. And then Jackie um, piggybacked onto that saying, you know, two words, recipe ideas. I struggle with new ideas for when my go-tos get boring. So if you can give us some tips and ideas for really meal planning and new recipes that include old favorites, I think. Yeah. So the, the, the meal and I am a meal planner. Like I've been doing it for years, like every Sunday. And I, I post, um, I posted in my weekly newsletter and share it with everybody. And uh, for a long time, I was just putting it on a yellow post-it and just to show people like, this is really all you need is a post-it and, you know, to, to write down the week and you feel so much less stress when you can look at the post-it and be like, Oh, that's right. This is what we're having tonight. But one meal, the meal planning system that I feel like works really well for me and I think works well for a lot of other people is to think about um, think about categories. So for and so come up with you know say ten categories that kind of work for your family. Like one could be soup and sandwiches, one could be instant pot, one might be you know the reliable family favorites. Like everyone in my house loves tacos, everyone loves the pasta carbonara. So that's those are my family favorites. And then you just plug them into the different nights. So if you know on Friday night, so for me, I know Friday night, I'm kind of done. Like I, I'm sort of done cooking and I don't want to think about a lot of things. So maybe I'd plug in sandwiches or take out pizza for that night. Um, and I know on Sundays, um, you know, 
my spouse is around to cook with me. And so maybe that would be the night for a new recipe or a more time consuming, like a roast chicken or something. So I think thinking about it in categories also eliminates that decision fatigue of like, mm. oh my gosh, I have a, a 2000 recipes that I could make on Monday. What am I going to make? But if you narrow that down to, okay, Monday, we're going to have some kind of pasta. Tuesday, we're going to have some kind of taco or burrito or whatever. Then you've suddenly taken those 2000 recipes and taken them down to maybe 25. So I think, um, I think that's really helpful and very freeing, especially if some of your categories are super low maintenance, like, like a breakfast for dinner or one category might be freezer stash. And then you make sure that your freezer <laughs> is stocked with like those last minute things. And you don't feel any guilt about it. You just like, okay, tonight's freezer stash. Like I'm not going to agonize over wanting to go on Pinterest and try some fancy new recipe that I don't have the energy to make. Um, it's just, okay, I've planned for breakfast for dinner or whatever. We're going to have pancakes and eggs or whatever it is. Um, I think that, um, thinking in that way can be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. So as a thrifty mom with a teenage son, I related to Shelly's question, which is um, what's the best way to eat healthy on a budget? Um, Shelly has four kids. Two of them are teenage boys. She says who eat everything. Um, so she says eating healthy on a budget is her biggest challenge. So I get this as a mom of a 16 year old. I, um, he, his appetite surge didn't really happen until about age 14. So I was riding it like, Oh, this is fine. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden it was hit with, Oh my gosh, like he will eat his whole dinner plus seconds plus mm -hmm. like then eat like a carton, you know, a full fat yogurt and then a sandwich or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I, yep. I can't, like, it makes me almost nuts to watch him because I just can't even imagine eating that much food. So I, I totally understand. I am right there with her. Um, first, I think you have to accept um, to some degree that you will have larger grocery bills and it's temporary. So those mm -hmm. kids are not always going to be with you. I think, <laughs> I think when we try to force our same budget it, with these growing appetites, it can just be sort of a recipe for frustration. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that people are not as comfortable now going to all these different stores to find the best deal. Like I used to do that to some extent. And now I'm going shopping, you know, once a week and I do not do return trips during the week because mm -hmm. I don't want to be in the grocery store a lot. So, mm -hmm. um, but then you, you do, you can focus on some foods that are very, very healthy, but also very economical when you break it down. So things like potatoes which are so cheap and they're so filling and can be made like a million different ways pasta um, eggs are actually a super affordable protein source even if you buy organic when you break it down by serving they are still very economical peanut butter is cheap oats are cheap canned beans and tuna all of these things are, are really cheap and a lot of these things are shelf stable too and like mm -hmm. potatoes unlike a lot of produce will last forever mm -hmm. <laughs> so i think if you think about those staples that are really affordable and work them in um and so a lot of these are also really filling too and mm -hmm. and one of the things with teenagers is you feel like they never get full you know they're just these <laughs> bottomless pits but things like potatoes and oats there's actually research on how filling these foods are so um you know making sure that the foods that you're feeding them you know aren't just things like you know like pretzels you can eat a whole bag of them and not realize that you've eaten but if you're actually serving very filling foods then your kids will be satisfied 
um, with those um, with those foods, and a lot of them again very economical. We actually had a baked potato bar last night because um, it's yeah, my seven year old's favorite, and I had sweet potato instead of regular mm-hmm. potato to make it a little bit healthier. I don't have a teenage son, but I have a husband who eats. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like I just you just you just walked in the door, you have a snack, then you have dinner, and then you have a sandwich, and then you have. I mean, it's just, and he's like a tall, skinny guy too. So it's it is. Yeah. It's hard to keep those boys. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, so, and Amanda also asked a question that I have. Um, she and I want um, ideas for vegan slash vegetarian families and kids. So you mentioned these um, before, Sarah, but I am really big on bowls and you can make them so many different ways. Mm-hmm. These are great too. Like if you have some vegetarians in the family and some meat eaters, yeah. you can put out both like, um, and I'm, I got an, I don't know if you guys use air fryer, but I love um, tofu in the air fryer. It makes mm. it so good and crispy. I have mm. a recipe on my site for it. It's so much easier than baking it or frying it um, mm. on the stove. I think I haven't done tempeh that way, but I'm sure it would turn out well. So throw some of that in the air fryer, you know, pull out whatever vegetables you have, and then you can add those really filling toppings like nuts and seeds, Mm -hmm. Um, avocado. Those are also, you know, avocado is a super nutrient dense, but really filling foods. And then you can make a couple different sauces or you can buy sauces too. So um, we have, I have a peanut sauce on my blog that's, um, that my family really likes. And then I might make like a lemon tahini sauce for me. I really like that. And you can do this like multiple times a week with, oh, yeah. with whatever you have and, um, everybody can customize their own. So it's like, you know, if you have some very, very picky eater who will only eat the rice and, you know, maybe the peanut sauce, then okay, then that's what they have. Mm -hmm. But you've offered all of these different things and you can make it look different um, night to night. So I'm huge on bowls. I also have found that um, if you flavor some of the ingredients enough that you don't need sauces, like I put um, um, za'atar, am I saying that right? Yeah on um roasted and then i put that on cauliflower and roast it and then put you know um kind of a spice mixture like on chickpeas or if i put enough cumin into the black beans and then have i'm all about the pickled red onions Mm. and um we all love pickled red onions and almost always like I think, oh, I've made enough so that I'll have, you know, it for two days. And I'm like, where'd all the pickled red onions go? Like, (laughs) so, so yeah. So I, I would say I only serve sauce with a bowl about half the time. Mm. So um, anyway, just, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, I'm going to ask more questions about the bowl because my, with littler kids, they think it's so fun to be able to make their own decisions. Right. So I do a base of like, quinoa or brown rice, and then just throw out tons of toppings and they eat it all because they think that they made their own dinner, which, you know, ha ha, I did it for them. But, um, regarding the bases though, do you typically do like a brown rice or quinoa or salad? I mean, do you just kind of mix up the bowl base? You can do whatever you want. My family really likes rice. So we'll do white rice or brown rice. You could do farro, you could do quinoa, you could do a greens base or set out greens. So Mm -hmm. if maybe, 
Um, somebody wants greens for their base, they can do that. I usually put out um, like fresh baby spinach and mm. it can either be a topper or it can be a base. So okay. um, yeah, it's really just totally up to you. And I, I agree. I think that's so important to let kids make those decisions. So even if they, you know, you put out the food and so you've made the decisions of what goes on the table, but they make the decision into what goes into their bowl or onto their plate. And for a lot of kids that feels really empowering yeah. and it may make kids feel more relaxed and actually more receptive to eating what you've put out. Totally. It's a huge mess, but that's okay because they eat and it's yeah. healthy and that's fine. <laughs> what is it? So many, it's for a so good many ramekins oh and gosh. little holes. But you know, the- like I just put out my, well, my kids are older, so I'm not as, as worried about them. Like you know, burning themselves on a hot pan, but I just put the cookies or the baking oh, sheets, yes. all the roasted veggies, oh. and then they just come up to the, and the pot oh. of rice and just go past the stove and fill up your plate. Oh, you for know. sure. Oh, please. I am so not about the serving things, but, <laughs> but the, like, you know, when I chop up tomatoes and cucumbers yes, and that yes. type of stuff, then I put, and I'm like, okay, well, where'd that other little bowl go? And how, oh, where, yeah, where'd all yeah. the ramekins? Cause the kids all love the ramekins. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, we have so <laughs> many ramekins, but they're cheap. Like if someone br- drops it breaks, I'm fine buying another one for 99 cents. They think the bowls are so fun. Um, I could talk about bowls forever, but we do have other questions to move on to. Um, Instapot. I do not have an Instapot. I do. And people want Instapot and Crock-Pot recipes. So I have a Crock-Pot, but I really don't use it that often. So would love some inspiration for both of those appliances. So yeah, I don't know if you guys follow Pinch of Yum. I love her and I Mm -hmm. love her recipes. She just Yeah, she just came out with what I thought was a brilliant post. They basically took the 10 most popular Instant Pot recipes and tried them all. They tested them all and they photographed them and they said what they liked about them. Mm. And I bookmarked that post and I'm like, I am making all 10 of these this winter. There are a lot of like heavier things like chicken and dumplings and things like that. There are some vegetarian things on there, but um, I am totally going down that list and making those um, this winter. We had had Instant Pot uh, butter chicken last night, which was really good. That was a recipe from Damn Delicious. It's another site that I really like. I like that one also. Mm-hmm. And then I made, it was so easy, you know, the Instant Pot kind of does everything. And I made homemade naan bread, which I've never made mm. before. It was mm. so easy. And my family was like gaga over it. It tasted like restaurant naan. It was so wow. good. My kids love naan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was so easy. Um, and then a crock pot. Um, I know that a lot of people think of crock pot as like um, stews and soups and things like that. But I don't know if you guys ever, ever tried this. You can make an entire roast chicken in your crock pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is nice because you don't have to babysit it in the oven. So if you feel like, oh, the crock pot's only heavy things, think about things like that, but a little bit outside the box um, uh, where it's not a heavy super stew. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry. Okay. So who was the Instagram or the Instapot? That was Pinch of Yum, and I can, you know, I'm happy to oh. send you that link. Um, okay. Yeah, she did a, it's a, like the 10, we tried the 10 most popular Instant Pot recipes or something like that. I just thought, mm-hmm. like, what a great resource because they've actually tested them all because sometimes you try a popular recipe and it doesn't turn out for you. Um, so they've kind of tested them all and, mm-hmm. and talked about okay. why they like them. Yeah. Okay. They should, of course, check that out after they check out your Real Mom Nutrition. Well, right. absolutely. But, you yeah. know, I don't just use my recipes, of course. Mm-hmm. I want to give props to the, to the other people that I... <laughs> okay. We all need inspiration from lots of different places, especially... Yes, we do. thousand meals a week these days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Elizabeth asked a question that I'm sure resonates with a lot of different families. How do you adjust meal planning when some of the family needs more protein? protein and calories and others need to not have as much. 
much, but you know, we don't want them to make them feel deprived. Her son is thin and needs to gain weight. And her daughter does not need additional calories in her diet. What do you suggest? So I have some cautions with this one. Okay. Um, I don't know, you know, any details about them. I don't know the daughter's age, but we have to remember that um, girls often gain a lot of weight um, right before puberty and in the time of puberty. And sometimes parents can freak out about that and start restricting what their daughters eat and how much they're allowed to have. And that is a mistake. So I would just watch. Uh, You don't want to ever have a situation where you say, okay, this child is allowed to have this, this child is not. Um, I think whatever you put on the table needs to be fair game for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really caution against either restricting food groups or portions for anyone or saying you can only have one serving of this. You can have two. Um, I would suggest serving family style so that people can serve themselves versus plating somebody's and then you put the plates down and um, Mm -hmm. somebody doesn't have any of the potatoes because you feel like they, you know, don't need the calories. You really don't want to do that. That can really, there's, you know, a lot of research to show that when, when parents are restricting food that that actually can backfire quite a bit um, on kids, make them want that food more, make them feel bad about themselves, you know, kind of mess with their body image and their feelings about eating. So um, I know, I understand the struggle and I know people and families who have this going on. And um, once they've sort of relaxed about it a little more, instead of stressing and trying to control what one kid has and, and what the other one doesn't or whatever, Um, once they sort of let go of that, um, I think we need to trust kids to some degree to understand how much food they, they need and, uh, you know, when they're hungry, when they're full. So serve family style, let people help themselves, put the foods on the table that you want them to be eating. So if you don't want your kids to be eating tons of potato chips or whatever, don't put them on the table, you know, save them for a snack time, whatever, you know, put all those great fruits and vegetables and fish and whatever else you want your kids to be eating on the table and then let them serve their portions. It's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So Erica asked a side dish question. She wants new ways to cook veggies for sides that are fast and tasty. She says they like oven roasted veggies with olive oil, salt, and pepper, but she could use some variety. Yeah. So you can't go wrong, obviously with roasted veggies and they're so easy. Um, You know, if you're getting burnt out of the olive oil, salt and pepper, you can always use different seasonings. So like you said, Sarah, with the za'atar, or you can try, you know, curry on your cauliflower or different kinds of spices might jazz that up. I really like cooking on my stove in a cast iron skillet. Mm. So like we'll do like Brussels sprouts um, with a little bit of butter and maple syrup. Mm. My uh, younger son just loves that. That's like the first thing he eats off of his plate. Um, <laughs> my other son does not eat Brussels sprouts. So I don't want to paint this, you know, picture that my kids are this you know, model eaters. Um, or, you know, like green beans in a cast Hate iron. that, Sally. She, her I kids know. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> her kids are perfect. Right. They are not. They are not. Um, I've got one kid who will eat all the veggies first off his plate and the other will eat like all the meat off his plate. So they're completely opposite. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> Spratt and his wife. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and then um, the other thing I do to get more veggies in is I basically put chopped spinach in whatever I can. So I buy like a big box of the pre-washed baby spinach mm-hmm. at the beginning of the week. And then I just chop it and put it in whatever, like I put it in pasta and I put it in eggs and just like put it wherever. And that's just an easy way to get 
you know, more green in your dish, which always looks pretty, but then also, um, you know, get some more veggies. But if you've most, mostly been cooking in the oven, you know, and you're kind of bored of that, just try on the stovetop and try, you know, it gives a nice, um, just gives like a nice caramelization with the, um, with this cast iron skillet. And um, mm -hmm. so there might be some like new things you can do that way. Yeah, and I think a little lemon or lemon zest yes. um, always kind of um, takes things in a slightly different direction. Yeah, we do green beans with lemon in a skillet like mm -hmm. oh, yeah. once a week. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I do that with, with chopped up shallots. Oh, my husband loves that mm. dish. He's always like, goes to Costco and be like, look, I bought green beans so you can make that dish. I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, mm -hmm, thanks. <laughs> that sounds yummy. <laughs> Don't you love it? Dan will be like, I bought all these ingredients just in case you want to make this. And I'm like, what day do you want me to make it? Tuesday or Wednesday? <laughs> just tell me. I'll put it on the on the calendar. Um, so Cora has a question, but she starts off by, by uh, saying how much she adores you. She says, Sally is great. I've been following her for years. Her advice was super helpful when we had a picky eater, vegetarian with food allergies. That kid is now 12 and eats a very wide variety of foods with no forcing or sneaking from us, which is great. Um, my question awesome. is, what tips do you have for quick, healthy meals kids can prep independently as we continue down this untenable struggle of hybrid skill school with a two educator, two kid house? That is yeah. the million dollar question right there. Yeah. So um, I do have, and I, and I wasn't sure if she was talking about lunches or dinners. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming she means lunches, but um, I do have a post on my site, which is 40 lunches for kids at home. Yeah, I saw and that. It, yeah. yeah. Including ones that they can make themselves. And I included like a recipes and a printable shopping list. So if you want to print mm -hmm. out the shopping list and take it to the store. Um, so, yeah. So I, um, I encourage, first of all, I encourage you to have a conversation with your kids about what they actually like to eat because eat for lunch. So it's, you know, it's no point in going to the store and stocking up all this stuff. And your kids are like, I don't want to eat any of that stuff, or I don't want to take the time to make it. So really talk to them about the things that they want for lunch. And then, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, I actually do this with my own site. Like I print out the list of the, either the, the snacks or lunches that I have on my site and I ha actually go have them go down the list and point or circle and you know what, <laughs> because sometimes, you know, it's that whole thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to the store. What do you want? And they're like, nothing, like nothing for lunch. No, nothing, nothing for snack. No. And then you get home and they're like, well, there's nothing to eat. Uh, you're like, but oh, I, yeah. I asked you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they have to sort of see the list in front of them. But um, there are definitely some things that you can make with your kids on the weekend so then they can just reheat it or pull it out and eat it so you know things like soup or you know jarred salads or I made egg, egg sandwiches for my teenager so you know like on a on a um, English muffin or a bagel and oh like, yeah onions oh, and peppers and eggs and whatever and then you can wrap it in foil put it in the freezer put it in the fridge and they can microwave it or put it in the oven or something mm -hmm. and you can eat that for lunch or breakfast or a snack if you're a teenager hey that's just like a small snack on the way to another snack, right so. <laughs> or dinner these days I mean have a couple of them anything yes, good totally in COVID <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so things like the other things that they can prep by themselves. So things like, you know, frozen ravioli or tortellini, um, mm -hmm. quesadillas, you know, have hard boiled eggs in the fridge, um, veggie burgers. My kids really love like the morning star farm, um, chicken patties or the vegetarian chicken patties. So, um, they can easily make things like that themselves. So, um, first have the conversation, then make up your grocery list and then, uh, maybe strategize some things to make ahead and some things that um, that they can 
feel comfortable cooking on their own. A friend of mine actually made a list. She felt like her kids would go and look in the cupboard for lunch and they, it's like they weren't seeing all the things that she had bought. Mm -hmm. So she actually made a list, printed it out. And she has tweens and teens put it, you know, put it on the, the, the door of her cupboard. And it's just like the, the, list of what's in there that they could have for lunch. Um, <laughs> and it seems ridiculous, but sometimes my kids will not see what's in front of them. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. see yeah. the, whatever, the ramen in front of them. It's like, it's right in front of you. Right in front of you. Yeah. I think in building on that too, and I, I believe I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but on Sundays I sit down with my kids um, and I'm like, okay, what do you guys want for dinner this week? And a lot of the times they say the same thing week after week. Um, but we've gotten out of that rut where they've started to incorporate new ideas that we've made before. And the buy-in from them just helps immensely when you're trying to get kids mm-hmm. to eat new things, especially littler kids. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to work for a 16 year old, but I think it just is helpful. Again, it's going back to the bowls too. Like the more independence you give them and kind of, you know, the ability to help make those decisions, I think it just makes them excited about it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now shifting to snacks, which is honestly the, I, I, I can't stand them because it's all my kids ask me for all day long are snacks. But <laughs> they're, they're essential, right? Kids get hungry and they need to have snacks during the day or else they get hangry. Um, so Michelle had a great question about them. You know, I feel like I've been so worn out for the past few months. We've allowed the kids um, to eat and ourselves really to eat more junk food, food than normal. How can we get back on track with healthier snacks or just minimizing the snacks? Yeah. Um, so, okay. I do want to add something that I left out of the lunch thing that might be helpful. And then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go yeah. shift to snacks. Sure. The one thing about lunches that, um, that I'm a big fan of is I have a bin on my counter and then a bin in the fridge and originally I made them for packing lunches. I just sort of corralled items that I thought they might want to pack. And, but now it's like, just become like, here are the items I think you might want to (laughs) eat. And again, it's like putting everything in one place. So, um, you know, if you, and this could work for snacks too, this can work for lunch or snacks is, um, you know, stock it with the things that they want, plus the things that you would like them to eat and sort of the compromised foods. And then they can just, you know, obviously they can eat whatever they want, but the the bin kind of gives them a good starting place and they can go there first and be like, okay, I know the yogurts are going to be in there and the apples that are already washed and the whatever it is. Um, you can even pre-portion things out like, you know, little snack bags of trail mix, things like that. So that can work for lunch or snacks. And, um, as long as you kind of don't let, you know, snacking get out of hand because it can, it can totally get out of hand. And I, when this question, I totally relate to because I feel like our, our eating definitely got, definitely changed a lot in the first few months of of the pandemic. You know, I was baking constantly. So I felt like, we were just eating so many baked goods and um, we weren't going to the store a lot. So we were sort of, we we're eating fewer fresh foods and more packaged foods. Um, so I, I totally get it. And I think we do need to cut ourselves some slack, but we also do kind of have to find some happy medium that makes us feel good. Cause I know that when I've been eating a lot of heavy baked goods and sort of a lot, a lot of packaged foods, I can start to just feel it. You know, I just sure. don't feel quite mm-hmm. good. So think about what you want to eat more of instead of like, what do we want to eat less of? Think about, 
okay, I'd like to eat more fruit. I'd like to eat more, you know, healthy snacks. So like buy a giant thing of popcorn kernels or buy, you know, buy a lot more fruit and make a fruit bowl for your counter so that it's right there in front of everybody. Everybody can just grab it. And if you have to put some parameters on snacking, that, that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, like we, um, we noticed our younger son just was not eating dinner because he was snacking so much. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did a kitchens closed after five and we usually eat around six forty-five or something like that. So it was like, it's just the family thing. Kitchens closed at five. So that sort of, um, you know, it wasn't like a punishment or a judgment. It was like, we want everyone to be really hungry for dinner. We work hard to make dinner. Um, so it's also okay to put some parameters on that or especially works well with, with younger kids who are a little bit more (laughs) agreeable sometimes Mm -hmm. to to these kinds of rules, but you could have a, just as you have your, you know, maybe you have your online school schedule, you have a snack break, you know, maybe it's at 1030 and 330 or something. And then outside of those times, we really don't snack. So Mm -hmm. you could certainly implement some kind of, um, a snack schedule, Mm-hmm. Um, and that can really help make sure that kids are hungry at mealtime because nothing is more frustrating than getting to dinner and your kid is like oh, yeah. picking at something they like because they just ate a bunch of snacks. Mm-hmm. It's really frustrating. So, um, and you want your kids to be hungry at mealtime because hungry kids are more likely to try new foods or try, you know, eat foods that maybe aren't their preferred foods. So, right. you know, Maybe broccoli, they'll eat it if they're hungry, but if they're not hungry, they're not going to touch it. So you want them to come to the table hungry and receptive. Yeah. 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 You saying um, about the kitchen's clothes thing, I have um, a good friend friend named Mary who was one of 13. She still is one of 13 children. Oh, my gosh. She grew up in Princeton, New Jersey, and her family, her parents would literally lock their kitchen. (laughs) because she said that like otherwise the mom this is way back in the day the mom would go grocery shopping and by the next day there would be no food. oh my god <laughs> so the mary was one time at the like the neighborhood swimming pool the town swimming pool and she saw her brother eating like a milano cookie you know pepper trump cookie and she runs up to him she's like where'd you get that <laughs> And he said that he got it from doing like, I don't know, 10 chin-ups for somebody who's like, dude, I'll give you a cookie if you can do 10 chin-ups. Oh my God. <laughs> so Mary like runs over. She's like, I'll do them. I'll do them. <laughs> we'll work for food. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mary, we'll we'll Mary, work out for food. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mary would come over to my parents' house. She, I know her from the East Coast, and she'd go to my parents' house in Connecticut, and we'd just be like, tell us more stories about what it was like with 13 kids. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they ate off paper plates, too, because the mom was just like, I can't deal with the dishes. Yes, I, I don't blame her, but that must be really hard for you to even think about right now. Oh, 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 of course. I mean, I was like, oh, oh, the landfill, the landfill. Yes, yes. <laughs> my, mom, my aunt has 11 children, and she, they had two gigantic refrigerators in their kitchen because, and that worked. Wow. I mean, they, I think she said one time, this is way back in the day too. They went through like 10 gallons of milk a week. I mean, it's just something <laughs> insane. It's, you know. hey, hey, Jack, go get that cow. We need it now. <laughs> Seriously. Oh Seriously. Whereas like my family doesn't even go through like a half gallon of milk in a couple of weeks. We just don't wow. drink any milk at all. It's just crazy. Yeah. People with big families, God, God bless all of you. I cannot imagine what your food, your food <laughs> meal is. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So, well, all right. Well, veering back towards snacks and unlocked kitchens. Um, so, um, Anne was requested that we not leave out the moms. She wants to know um, what she can eat for a snack kind of around four o'clock so that she'll have the energy to cook a good meal. Sure. Yeah. Other, than, I mean, other than a glass of wine, I guess. Right. <laughs> and I am, I am very guilty of like, you know, wanting to save my appetite for dinner and then getting to like four or five and like, I could eat the whole, the whole oh, kitchen yes. from the food. Like I'm so hungry. Oh, for sure. So we have to make sure that our lunch is filling, you know, make sure you're not just like, Oh, I'm just going to have a little salad for lunch. And then, you know, you're going to be a monster by like six o'clock if you're not eating. So um, I did want to mention with the snacks that I, I have a post I can send you. It's a hundred snacks for kids who are always hungry. So if you oh, need yes. snack ideas, I've got you covered on. Um, and that is a great list to show your kids too. Like I sat down with my teenager who said there's nothing to eat in our house. And I was like, here are a hundred things like which <laughs> off of this list, like circle the things that you would like to see that you would eat. Uh, and it was really helpful. Um, and we kind of discovered some new things that I wasn't sure that he would eat, but um so yeah, snacks for moms. So, you know, something that, you know, you want to have that balance and I don't know what time this mom's dinner is. So if you were eating at five or six, you don't want anything too heavy because you want to have an appetite for the meal too, but you don't want to have it too light that you end up sort of eating all through food prep, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and then, and then just kind of feeling like, gosh, I've already eaten a meal's worth before I even sit down and now I'm not even hungry to eat with my family. So I'm a big fan of like a little bit of nuts. Um, you know, protein is really good at, um, at quelling hunger. It's just, it's like one of the, the best, like hunger busting nutrients there are. So a little bit of nuts. Um, sometimes I'll just do like half of an energy bar. Um, I'm real. I'm a huge fan of perfect bars. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. like those or not. Those I don't great. know if they meet or okay, but I'll have like, those are really dense and filling. So I'll have like maybe like a quarter of one of those or a half of one, um, a, a fruit that's really filling something like something with fiber is also going to be like fiber and protein and really good at keeping you full. Um, so something like um, a pear right now, pears are in season, an awesome fruit to eat right now. Cause they're so and they're also high in fiber and very filling. Or sometimes I make a big bowl of popcorn and then I'll portion it out for myself and for my kids. And a great, like naturally whole grain snack, high in fiber, crunchy. Sometimes I just want crunchy in the late afternoon. It's like exactly the texture I want. And so instead of like eating something like chips, um, something like popcorn um, is a whole lot better. We, we love it with nutritional yeast. I don't know if you guys like nutritional yeah. oh, yeast. Yeah. Oh, we have tons of it in our house. Yeah, my yes. vegetarian kids love nutrition. Yes, yes, <laughs> good for them too. Um, and so popcorn is another uh, great snack at that time. So those are kind of my go-tos. Just kind mm -hmm. of just watch and time it out. It may take a little experimentation of like, what is a good thing to have you know, two hours before, you know, dinner or one and a half hours, you may need to kind of tinker with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've never tried nutritional yeast, but it's something that I've been curious about. So I'm going to try that on popcorn next time. That's a good idea. Um, any parting words of advice or wisdom about meals or cooking as we hunker down for, ugh, let's hopefully not too much longer of the pandemic style cooking, but there's a good chance that we will be stuck here for another year or so. 
Yeah. So first of all, cut yourself some slack. I said that at the, the beginning, but it really is important. This time is different. It's okay for our routines to change a little bit. You cannot have the same expectations for yourself or for your kids um, mm -hmm. when it comes to eating and food that you had before. Um, you know, like I said, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a happy medium between like just letting it all go and, you know, baking a loaf of sourdough bread every day and cupcakes and whatever else I was doing in March mm. <laughs> and what, what I was maybe doing in February. I feel like there's a happy, a happy medium there. And it's okay to have some family meal burnout. Like I'm hearing that from people, like people are sick of cooking. Mm -hmm. They are sick of sitting around the dinner table with their family. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially like people who, you know, some people never sat down with their families. And this is actually mm. a really great time, you know, because everybody was like going in a million different directions. And so family dinner for some people like rarely happened. And now all of a sudden people are pretty much together every night of the week. And in, in some ways that is so great. And then in other ways, it's like, it's getting a little bit old. So it's okay. You know, if you have older kids who are a little bit more self-sufficient, it's okay to be like, okay, guess what? On Friday nights, we're going to sit around a favorite show or movie and eat our dinner in front of the TV. Or you know what? Tonight we're going to, I'm going to make this crock pot recipe and you can serve yourself when you're hungry. We're going to kind of eat in shifts. And mm -hmm. it's okay to do that kind of thing. I think sometimes, um, especially like moms are so like, oh, I have to do things in this certain way. Even mm -hmm. if you're not a mom, like I have to stay on this schedule or my eating's going to go off the rails. And it's like, you, you do need to, to realize we're in such a stressful, strange time and mm -hmm. you do need to give yourself grace and do what works right now, knowing that it is not permanent. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to go upstairs at six o'clock and be like, I'm just done. I'm just, yeah. I feel, and I'm like, I just want to go read and watch some streaming TV and just yep. let first floor just go to hell. I don't care. And I don't want to talk to any of you guys anymore. Yeah. So don't even open I'm that done. door. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe the dog can come in, but some days maybe not. Sometimes not. <laughs> keep him downstairs. And then they'll of course like open the door and be like, oh, he wants to see you. And I'm like, I don't want to even see the dog. <laughs> That's when you know it's bad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's okay, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sally. Thank you. Uh, well, it has been great talking with you again, Sally. And thank you so much. And we'll have all these fabulous links in the show notes. So um, you've really um, put some sparks of ideas and optimism, I think, into people's um, food, food and meal planning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Katie. Well, are you now f all fired up for some uh, different lunches and snacks and meals and a little shot in the arm. I am, you know, sometimes that's all you need is just someone to kick your little button gear again and be like, you know what, this is, we have to continue making meals. Um, a lot of them every single day and here's some new material. So yes, I think mm -hmm. that was great. So inspirational and yeah. I've got some yeah. stuff to add to my rotation. Good, good. Make your daughters listen to the show and then they can have new things to tell you on Sunday for what to, what to shop exactly, for. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, if you enjoy the Another Mother Runner podcast, please tell your friends about it on social media. You know that thing, social media. Um, and please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts by subscribing and setting episodes to auto download. You'll always get the episodes when they are fresh. They'll be waiting there for you on your weekend workout so you don't have to say, oh, Oh, crumb, I didn't, didn't download. Now I have to stand here at my back door and wait for it to download yeah. while I'm on the house Wi-Fi. So, um, so yeah, auto-subscribing, um, auto-downloading and subscribing will alleviate that problem. 
Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles.